This little Torah is the story of our people, tattoos and all. That's a clip from the animated film called The Tattooed Torah. It's based on a book by the same name, and you might recognize the voice you heard. The narrator is the late actor Edward Asner. The film tells the true story of a young boy from Berno in the former Czechoslovakia and what happened to him and to his family's small Torah that he was using to prepare for his bar mitzvah until the Nazis confiscated all the city's Jewish artifacts during the Holocaust. Thousands of elementary school students in the Toronto area will be seeing this film and doing class projects about it as part of the Toronto District School Board's annual programming for International Holocaust Remembrance Day on Thursday. But Holocaust education is not mandatory or standardized in the curriculum of most of Canada's high schools, although it is taught in some form, but mixed in with the rest of the units on world history and the Second World War. And that's why the authors of a new survey published Wednesday on what Canadian kids know about the Holocaust are now calling for governments to change that. After their findings showed one in three kids still thinks the Holocaust didn't happen or was exaggerated, nearly half didn't know six million Jews were killed. So despite the wealth of free Holocaust education materials out there, what Canadian kids know about the Holocaust, the survey found, still comes mainly from social media, comics, and video games. It's no secret that hate is on the rise against all groups, particularly Jewish groups, and we need to to be combating it. We're not living in more and more peaceful times. We're living in less and less peaceful times, and there's more and more hate, misinformation, disinformation, and we need to arm our students with the ability to fight that and defend freedom for everybody. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, January the 26th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. The study was commissioned by Liberation 75, a Canadian charity that's focused on commemoration and Holocaust education. Last spring, they invited about 14,000 students and teachers from Canada and around the world to attend a two-day online conference on the Holocaust and anti-Semitism. The students were able to hear directly from survivors, and they could tour the Anne Frank Museum in Amsterdam virtually, and then researchers asked students about their attitudes to the Holocaust and tolerance and racism. While there have been studies done before both in the United States and Canada on adults' knowledge about the Holocaust, This study is the first one to focus on Canadian school-aged children. Coming up, we'll speak with the professor who did the study and with the founder of Liberation 75. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Emma Cunningham in Pickering, Ontario, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. B'nai B'rith Canada is presenting a petition to the Swedish government later this week to ask them to find out what really happened to Raoul Wallenberg. The Swedish diplomat saved 100,000 Jews in Hungary during the Holocaust before he was arrested in 1945 by the Soviet forces and he disappeared. Sweden is taking on the presidency of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance Organization, or IRA, in a couple of weeks. And B'nai B'rith is asking Sweden to make finding out what happened to the heroic Swedish wartime diplomat their top priority, and specifically to pressure Russia for documents and proof of how long Wallenberg survived in their custody and where he is buried. The link to sign the petition is in our show notes. (music) 
And joining me now are Marilyn Sinclair of Liberation 75. She's in Markham, Ontario. And the author of the study, Dr. Alexis Lerner. She's joining me from the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, where she's an assistant professor of political science. The thing that struck me a lot, there were a couple of things that struck me. Uh, First of all, the survey was done uh, mostly with 13-year-olds, grade eight, uh, who participated. Um, That was the the finding, right? Um, And yet, from what I know, uh, Holocaust stuff is usually taught in Ontario anyway, in grade 10 during October, November week, uh, two weeks there. So um, what what challenges or or, um, issues uh, do you think came out of the fact that you were going with younger kids who hadn't got that maturity, but also they haven't got the, the, the lecture, the two-week unit that they get. Marilyn, you want to weigh in? Holocaust education is not mandated in any province or territory in Canada. So a lot of what you hear about people learning about the Holocaust in grade 10 is somewhat anecdotal. So it, it, it's sort of mentioned in grade 10 history that, you know, just the Holocaust sort of within the World War II curriculum, but it's not mandated that the teachers actually have to teach about the Holocaust per se. So a teacher could literally throw, you know, the boy in the striped pajamas, a terrible film, um, you know, into the computer, have the students watch it and say, we've done, we're done. You know, the Holocaust has been covered. So it's not even that it's the issue of the younger grades versus the older grades. The issue is that it's not mandated in any grade. Right. And it's not consistent, I think, is what Marilyn's saying, too. It's not consistent. Once I worked for the the Michigan Opera Theater and I worked on the, the production of Brundibar and I created an educational supplement to go with it. And the whole idea was that we were trying to create a situation where teachers weren't just bringing their students to see Brundibar, a, a Holocaust era play for intended for children, uh, to and then bringing them home without any context. So I think this is one of the things about uh, what we're calling for. A mandate, this particular mandate doesn't particularly, I don't think, put too much extra stress on teachers because of the way in which these organizations, Holocaust education organizations, have already established curricula uh, for them to use in order to teach these at different grade levels and in different classes, civics class or English class or theater or whatever it is, wherever it is that they want to to work on Holocaust. It doesn't only have to be in history. It doesn't all the, you know, all the burden does not have to go on history teachers. It could be, it could be curriculum wide uh, in a way that is more balanced. Speaking of history teachers, uh, I'm not sure if you saw the story we broke um, Friday about the Timmins uh, high school history teacher mm-hmm. who was kicked out after complaints that he was teaching Holocaust now first time in Ontario. It's literally gotten no pickup anywhere. And I'm not just blowing my own horn as a reporter because that's true, but it, you know, the Toronto Star picked it up yesterday. Um, that's it. So I'm wondering when you come out with a kind of uh, a story like this about this, because 10 years ago, this would have been an international story. I think it is an international story. I mean, I I think that our results are an international story, Ellen, because I mean, all the media have contacted us. People are really surprised in the interviews I've done. People are often saying, isn't Holocaust education on the curriculum? I thought it was. And then a lot of these reporters who are quite young are saying, well, now that you think, you know, now that I think about it, we actually didn't learn about it either in school. Mm-hmm. And, but 
I think everybody thinks it's so ubiquitous because there's so much Holocaust content that's out there. And of course, our study showed that 40% of the students were learning about the Holocaust on social media, the most dangerous place to learn about the Holocaust. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this is a yawner at all. I think that uh, uh, I think that our findings were extremely shocking. A third of our respondents said that either the Holocaust did not happen or that it was reported in a way that is untrue. And that is is a really concerning statistic. Again, remember, these are not Jewish respondents or the majority are not. Ninety four percent are not. These are students who are from a diverse uh, backgrounds, and they are saying they're not sure that the Holocaust happened. And Marilyn's right, they're getting their information from social media. 12% of respondents said that they could get their information from video games. Uh, in focus groups that I ran, students talked about getting their information from Marvel comics. That's where they had heard about you know, Nazis through Captain America. And so you know, when we think about where students are getting their information and just the absolute prevalence of misinformation and disinformation on those platforms, there's a real concern about a student's capacity, especially as you say, Ellen, like a 13, 14 year old, and their capacity to separate fact from fiction. And in fact, we find in our survey, we ask at the end, you know, what sort of curriculum would you like to see in the classroom, specifically in the classroom? And they do say that they want to see Holocaust education in the classroom and genocide also education in the classroom. 94% of students are asking their teachers and their schools to help them separate fact from fiction. I was on the phone this morning with a Holocaust survivor, Nate Lipsinger, talking about this. And he said, you know, the students who are being taught the about the Holocaust are largely being taught about it well. He said, but the majority are not being taught about it at all. And he said, the students who really need to be taught about it are not being taught about it. And that's his concern. Already you have an enlightened teacher with enlightened students. That's great. They're learning it. But the ones that are spreading the hate in the schools, the ones who are, are making it difficult and dangerous for um, minority groups in the schools, they're not learning about it. And they're the ones who really do need to learn about it. I want to just quickly bring up COVID, uh, anti-vaxxers, neo-Nazi, uh, you know, relationships between COVID and, and the Holocaust and lockdowns. So what did you find, if anything, that was the students... Were they making these connections about the COVID and lockdowns and, and, and anti-vax or was it, that wasn't part of your survey? When I connect this, this survey to COVID, the connection is about, right, the, the duration, the extreme duration of time people are spending online. And especially these 13, 14 age year olds who are extremely impressionable. There was a there was a huge study that came out that said young girls were on Instagram and developed eating disorders because of what they saw. I don't think that this is necessarily a different story. I think young people are seeing information online and they don't have the base of information to to build upon. So they're just seeing this information. They're seeing a TikTok account that recreates Anne Frank's diaries, or they're seeing, you know, some kind of thing like that. And they don't have any kind of existing knowledge, pre-existing knowledge to assess the quality of that new material. And so when I think about COVID and you say, you know, people are at home, whatever, they have lockdowns. So people, again, remember, they are curious. They are asking for more information. So they're asking, they're looking for more information and they're looking online for it or they're, you know, searching for it. And uh, and they just can't assess whether it's good or bad. And I'll add that 42% of our respondents, again, 
a lot of 13, 14 year olds are saying that they have unequivocally witnessed uh, uh, an anti-Semitic attack. And these 13, 14 year olds, I mean, everybody's saying it, but these 13, 14 year olds are saying it's not just Jews control the media or Jews have too much power in politics. It's it's explicit derogatory attacks, you know, saying Jews are Jesus killers or Jews are baby eaters or Jews are, you know, kikes or Jews are, uh, you know, what happened in Pittsburgh was a great thing or Jews should go back to the ovens. These are explicit attacks and they're not only hearing it online. They're also hearing it from their colleagues, their peers and their communities. And so these are, these have generational effects. The, this is why we call for a mandate. We need some kind of facts and consistency. And I would say like sane information, the same delivery of information so that when these things happen, students can combat them in a way that is balanced and and coming from a position of knowledge. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Professor Justin Yaron-Lewis at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg, and he's a new follower. I should probably have you on for an episode one day. He teaches Yiddish studies, Hasidic studies, and even a course about Judaism and sexuality. And we'll end the episode with a little more from the Tattooed Torah movie that students will be seeing in grades 4 to 8. You can watch it for free. The link is in our show notes. Every day, the little boy saw Nazi soldiers march into the warehouse and deliver truckloads of Torahs and other religious items. By winter, the Nazis began taking workers out of the warehouse. The little boy's father was one of them. His aide said they were only relocating him to a different warehouse and that they would see him again soon. They went back to work, but the little boy was worried. What could he do? They had taken his father, just like they had taken his little Torah. 